ஹலோ அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு சங்கம் லிட் திஸ் இஸ் நந்தினி கார்கி அண்ட் இன் திஸ் எபிசோட் வி பர்சீவ் அ போர்ட்ரேட் ஆஃப் அ கிங் த்ரூ த டைனமிக் டெபிக்ஷன் ஆஃப் இஸ் ஹேண்ட்ஸ் ஆஸ் இலஸ்ட்ரேட்டட் இன் சங்கம் லிட்ரரி ஒர்க் புறநானூறு ஃபோர்டீன் பென் அபவுட் த சேரா கிங் கடுங்கோ வாழியாதன் பை த போயட் கபிலர் set in the category of padam tinai or praise of a king the verse brings in a nuanced contrast in its depiction of a physical feature kadum kanna kol kalitral kaapu udaya elu murukki ponniyal punai thottiyal munbu thurandu samam thaangavum paarudaitha gundu agali neer aluva nivappu kurithu nimirpariya maathaangavum ஆவம் சேர்ந்த புறத்தை தேர்மிசை சாப நோன் நான் வடுகொள வழங்கவும் பரிசிலர்க்கு அருங்கலம் நல்கவும் குறிசில் வலிய ஆகும் நின் தாழ்த்தோய் தடக்கை புலவு நாற்றத்த பைந்தடி பூ நாற்றத்த புகை கொளி ஊண்டுவை கரிச்சோறு உண்டு வருந்து தொழில் அல்லது பிரிது தொழில் அறியா ஆகலின் நன்றும் மெல்லிய பெறும தாமே நல்லவர்க்கு ஆர் அணங்கு ஆகிய மார்பின் பொருணர்க்கு இருநிலத்து அண்ணன் நோன்மை செருமிகச்சே ஐ நெற்பாடுனர் கையே The interesting context of this poem is better discussed after we have delved into its meaning. This is the second song by poet Kabilar in praise of this Chera King Kadungo. Kabilar's words can be translated as follows. Making the harsh-eyed killer elephant break the gates of the fort, you wield the intricately etched golden elephant goad and propel the animal forward and pull it back in balance too. Considering the depth of water in the moats and pits made by breaking earth, you hold on to the reins and handle the speed of the sturdy and fleet-footed horse. Carrying a quiver on your back, you sit atop the chariot and making your hands scarred by the taut string of the bow, you shower arrows. You also render rare and precious artifacts to supplicants, O king. This is why strong they are, those huge hands of yours that reach to your legs. Whereas, other than eating rice mixed with cooked meat, which is prepared by roasting flesh-smelling raw meat, in flour-smelling smoke, they know no other worrying business. And so they are soft indeed, O Lord, the hands of those who sing the praises of your broad chest that fills good women with earning and appears as the immovable vast earth to your enemies, O mighty one in the battlefield. Time to explore the etched details in this ancient song. The poet starts by bringing before our eyes a murderous elephant in the midst of breaking the gates of a fort. An elephant is an element in nature and it would not be indulging in this task if it were not for humans. And here, the person who is making the elephant do this is none other than the king being sung about. Specifically, the poet makes the spotlight fall on the hands of this king, which holds a golden goad and propels the elephant forward and then pulls it back to make the animal move as per the king's intentions. Just pause for a moment and imagine the strength of those hands that holds in its grasp the power of that pachyderm. 
Next, the poet moves on to another scene in the battlefield and now the same king is seen riding a horse. Yet again, as the king makes the horse leap over moats and pits, the poet lets the focus fall on the hands of his that holds the reins with controlled intensity. We have seen the king on an elephant's back and a horseback as well. Now is our turn to see him on a chariot, this time carrying a quiver. And as he pulls his bow, he makes a deep scar in his hand. But minding not these frivolities, he continues to shower arrows on his enemies. The fourth and final action of the king's hands is to render huge and rare artifacts to those who come seeking to him. Detailing all these dynamic actions of the king's hands, the poet declares, that's why the king's hands were strong and rough. Then he goes on to talk about how the only job of certain other hands seemed to be to relish finely cooked meat and rice without a care. And that's why those hands were soft. To explain who these hands belong to, the poet mentions how the broad chest of the king makes women desire him and his enemies fear him and concludes by saying those soft hands belong to those who sing in praise of these attributes of the king. Now is the time to delve into the context of the song. From these words, it's clear the poet wishes to present the contrast in the hands of this Chera king and those of poets like himself. So it can be inferred that the king, observing the poet's hands, must have remarked about its soft and smooth texture. This should have lit the spark in this prolific poet's mind to pen a song on hands. All that a king's hands do and all that a poet's hands do is vividly sketched. Still, there is a self-deprecating quality in the poet's rendition of what his hands can do. The truth of the matter, though, is that a king's power is in his hands, but a poet's power is in his mind. Just as the king's hands are made rugged and strong with all that he has seen in the battlefield, the poet's brain, too, would be filled with creases of creativity that no one can see. In the end, we all are given the same features and abilities. What differentiates is the thing that is put to use. For whatever is put to use, like the king's hands in a battlefield or the poet's creativity in penning verses, that gains strength, although it may lose its youthful smoothness or naivety in the crucible of life's harsh experiences. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sangam Lit and journeying with me to ancient lands and minds. Please visit nandanikarki.com to share your thoughts and do spread the word about Sangam Lit. Until next time, Nandri Vanakkam.